Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. Hi, this is Aviva Richmond from Hadar sharing thoughts on Parshat Kitavo. Reenacting Sinai. Never, sometimes, always. In Parshat Kitavo, Moshe instructs the people to do an extensive ceremony when they come to a specific mountain after they enter the land. Many aspects of this ceremony are reminiscent of Sinai, a mountain, words of Torah written on stones, building an altar, and offering sacrifices. It appears to be a reenactment of entering into a covenant with God at Sinai and all of the obligations entailed by Brit. But why is there a need to reenact Sinai? Wasn't that one-time event powerful enough on its own to solidify entry into covenant for all future generations? Next week, in Parshat Nitzavim, we will see a clear articulation of the assumption that the covenant with God already includes future generations, those not here today. Though this all-inclusive tenant is not spelled out explicitly in the description of covenant at Sinai, it feels obvious. Our sages name this obviousness by saying that we have already been under a standing oath since Sinai to follow mitzvot, mushba v'omed Sinai, even though, as individuals, none of us has literally taken any such oath. As Jews, we are all already born into covenant and its responsibilities. Technically, we have no need to formally accept mitzvot, because we already did. The Talmud plays out what this means in a number of places, for example, with respect to the mitzvah of tzedakah. The Talmud cannot make sense of a person who takes an oath to give money to someone who is poor, because that person is already under a standing oath from Sinai to give to those in need. The Torah commands us in the mitzvah of giving to a person in need, and these words of Torah are like an oath that already binds us. We have all already sworn to give to those in need. If an individual decides to give tzedakah to the poor and makes an oath to this effect, this oath is entirely unnecessary and has no meaning. We are born into a covenant that has put us under oath to give to the poor without us as individuals saying anything or consenting to any of it. This model of an automatic and obvious covenant that we are entered into even without our explicit proactive consent might sound foreign to the contemporary ear. A close reading of earlier texts shows traces of a different model, where the covenant of mitzvot does, in fact, require clear and proactive acceptance. Within the Tanakh itself, we see that in the times of the Second Temple, Israel actually did actively reestablish a relationship of covenant with God and Torah, describing a ceremony where the people reaffirmed their commitment to God. Divrei Hayamim, the book of Chronicles, speaks of the people who entered into Brit to seek out God, the God of their ancestors, with all their hearts and souls, who swore with their full hearts and sought out God with their full will. Nehemiah similarly speaks of people who entered into a curse and oath to follow the Torah. Why should any of these ceremonies to reestablish and reenact Sinai be necessary? Doesn't the reenactment testify against the staying power of the covenant of Sinai itself? 
In early Jewish interpretation, it seems not everyone believed that having entered the covenant at Sinai was enough. One of the Dead Sea Scrolls attests to what looks like an annual ceremony to make an oath to enter into the covenant of mitzvah. Quote, those who enter the covenant for all Israel for an eternal law must impose upon their sons who have reached the age of six to go over to the enrolled, the oath of the covenant. The model here does not rely on the power of a one-time event, but requires every individual to actively make an oath to enter into covenant and accept the Torah. Minimally, every individual had to participate in the ceremony once in their lifetime, and as members of the community would have been present to this induction ceremony each year, may have served as an annual affirmation of entering the covenant, a yearly reenactment of Sinai. This glimpse of at least one of the Dead Sea sect's process of reenacting covenant helps clarify what we do and don't find in our sages' interpretation. There is nothing akin to this model, where each individual makes an oath to keep Torah. It isn't necessary, because we are bound by the earlier oath. Though nowadays we might think of teenagers coming into the age of mitzvot as making a choice to take on this covenant, it is actually just marking the obligations a person has thrust upon them as a Jewish adult. The words of Sinai stretch across time and space, weaving us into a web of obligations we might not even know we have and perhaps would have never chosen. Whether each person must re-enter the covenant or simply inherit it emerged as a major difference between sectarian and rabbinic Judaism and later between early Christianity and Judaism. It might be simplest to leave that binary intact and understand Judaism in stark contrast to the religious path that rests upon active re-entry into covenant. But often, Substantive religious ideas that are fundamental in sectarianism and early Christianity do have an echo in Jewish tradition as well. Upon closer look, we see that our tradition does require us to proactively reestablish our place in covenant, and in some ways, it is even more pronounced than a once-in-a-lifetime or even once-a-year reaffirmation of commitment. Our sages speak of accepting the yoke of divine sovereignty, Kabbalat Omachut Shemayim, upon ourselves each and every day. We do this primarily through recitation of Shema, as the Talmud says. Rabbi Yochanan said, one who wants to fully accept the yoke of heaven should relieve himself, wash his hands, put on tefillin, recite the Shema, and pray. This is complete divine sovereignty. Why the need to accept God's sovereignty so frequently? Why wasn't yesterday enough? And for that matter, why wasn't Sinai enough? We see here a radical amplification and interiorization of the idea that there is a need to step into covenantal relationship with God regularly. To the extent that Sinai was not enough to establish our place in this covenant of mitzvot, it is also not enough to accept mitzvot once in our lifetimes, or even once in a year. We reaffirm our commitment each and every day. The need to accept divine sovereignty each day suggests that whatever relationship we had with God yesterday has lost its power overnight. It has effectively dissolved. We are different each day as we come to know ourselves more fully and take in the unfolding of our circumstances and the world around us. In turn, we need to renew our place in our relationship with God and re-embrace covenant and how it translates into our lives and actions. 
We cannot transcribe Torah all over again or build altars and sacrifices day in, day out. But when we come into the land, when we come to the horizon of each day, we also can't just rely on the power of yesterday's commitment. As our body wakes, it is as though we are fresh, raw, and wild, unattached to the sense of God that we strived for yesterday, untethered to the commitments we might have tried to live up to. Our lives are in a constant state of unraveling, and it takes work to reweave our sense of identity and purpose. So each day, we wrap words of Torah around ourselves, feel their impact, and live beholden to the impression they leave on our minds, our hearts, and our hands. This theology of constantly reestablishing our relationship with God comes at the intersection of a sense of God's nearness and absence, and at the intersection of the strength and fragility of covenant. We have been exploring this paradox throughout our trek through Parshio, where God's quote-unquote unraveling in our world and lives implies the fragility that can nonetheless serve as a most powerful force. Here, too, there is a paradox of the power and fragility of reenactment. Were the covenant of Sinai actually so powerfully resounding, we would never need to reenact it. The relationship it cemented would never fall apart. This is what it means for our sages to state that we are always and already bound to that covenantal oath to this very day. But the need for daily recitation of Shema as re-accepting God, the need for our daily desire and our efforts to be in this relationship, are not a sign of its weakness. Just as any deep loving relationship draws its strength from the fierceness of daily commitments, without which it can fade and wither, so too our daily expression of accepting divine sovereignty reconstitutes a robust reality of relationship that daily gives us orientation and purpose. Shabbat Shalom. We'll close with a melody for Eloah. This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.